the third window from the right two flights up by the third window from the right Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Third Window Films podcast. My name is Ben and with me is... Adam from Third Window Films. And yeah, this podcast is a celebration of all things Third Window Films from the perspective of the fan, being me, and the man himself, being Adam Terrell. Bonjour! (laughs) Bonjour! That's a very fitting greeting for this episode actually, isn't it? I actually thought about something before I said it, so uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we've got something a little bit different again this month, um, because yeah, you're you're re- not only are you releasing a film in the cinema, which is a bit of a uh, departure from your n- normal releases, um, but also we have the the director of the film coming on for an interview. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously one of the biggest films that I've handled in 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 quite a while, and mainly because it's not a Japanese film; it's uh, it's a French film, and. Uh, it's obviously a lot more expensive uh, to to acquire French films because they're usually bigger budgets than Japanese films. So, you know, I was it was it took about I saw the film in in Cannes or actually on a screener during Cannes because I couldn't make it to Cannes myself. But um, it took um, about more than six months to actually negotiate the deal, and it was a very complicated deal. Uh, I'm used to Japanese. Uh, pain in the ass uh, <laughs> studios and their massive contracts and uh, this was a lot more complicated and a lot more expensive but uh, it was a film that I I, I loved so much uh, and um, I, I really wanted to uh, to make put that extra effort and, and money and I think also because of the, the of COVID that I was able to release this film because if it had been a different time then a bigger company would have come in and acquired it and because of COVID it's obviously made it a lot harder for, for companies to take risks on films. And I wouldn't say that the the opening of uh, of uh, Uncertain Regard at Cannes Film Festival was that risky of a film, but it is still no. a three-hour-long film, and uh, and it's a film in Japanese, even though it's a French film. So it's there is a risk, and uh, I guess um, a lot of other companies didn't want to take that risk. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so the film we're talking about is uh, Onoda, uh, with the subtitle 10,000 Nights in the Jungle. Um and it's a pretty astonishing film. Like you said, it's nearly three hours long. Um, we go into it quite a bit. We've, we've already recorded the, the interview with Artur. And um, so we go into it a bit. But yeah, it's, it's, it's based on a real-life Japanese soldier. But it's not a biopic. And it's not a historical picture. It's, it's kind of playing with fiction a little bit and telling this story about how this this one guy created a world for himself in this jungle for nearly 30 years when he was, he was fighting obviously in world war two and, and didn't realize the war was over. Um, and yeah, just continues to, to fight, to lay low and to basically stay in war for 30 years. It's just incredible. Yeah. It's a, it's an incredible true story. And it's an incredibly complicated, uh, film to make uh, if you were Japanese and, uh, I think uh, only a foreigner could have ever made a film made a film on this subject, and I mean, we we I I spoke to Arthur about this in in the interview you you'll hear. But yes, uh, it reminded me initially of the film Mishima, um, the uh, Paul Schrader film, which is one of my favorite films of all time. And uh, you know, I, I I yeah, it's it's just um well, it's yes, it's dealing with um 
with this this character or Noda, but it's it's just a it's a fantastic story and it's an adventure story and it's a brilliant brilliant film. So um, yes, I hope yeah. uh, more people see it. Yeah, I'm excited. So you, you you've obviously got the the Blu-ray coming out in May, um, but it's getting a cinematic release on April fifteenth. Yes, uh, yeah, you're right. It was. Uh, it's it's not easy to, to to get films in the cinemas, and it's gotten harder and harder because obviously COVID, but also because there's less and there's fewer and fewer in actual independent cinemas in the UK. And I think maybe once I once I moved to Japan and started also distributing films that I produced here, the differences in in Japanese and cinemas and UK cinemas are really uh, are really vast. I mean, first of all, it's it's very easy to get uh, independent films into Japanese cinemas. You, you get 50% of the box office, which in England you only get 25 or 35% of the box office as a wow. distributor. Plus, the cinemas put loads of effort into promoting the film. While in England, it's like you get the smaller amount, plus you as the distributor have to put a lot more effort into promoting the film. And, and I've had, I mean, the la- the film that I really stopped distributing for, it was um, Himizu, and like, which was the Shion Sono film. Uh, yeah. And that had like, like what pissed me off so much about about and the reason why I stopped was that um one one of many reasons was that like the Barbican, who are a government funded um a government funded uh cinema and arts center who are supposed to be supporting the arts, they the actor, one of the actors, um uh Kubotska, uh Kubotska Yosuke from uh, yes uh, Toyota Toshiaki films, he was doing a play in the in the Barbican the same weekend that I wanted to release the film. So oh, it's like wow. well you could have the actor doing this play next door to the cinema screening his film like that would be and it's a it's a film that had just won a venice and it's an it's a, from an auteur a japanese auteur and like that would be perfect to play wouldn't it and the barbican uh, played um what's that 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 uh, aliens uh, prometheus oh, they played yeah. prometheus instead. it's a barbican prometheus is playing all the other cinemas it's playing all the, the the major audience and all that why do you need to play it at the barbican and that yeah. really pissed me off and and like you know, I got it into like one cousin, but they gave me like some awful slot. And then I even the posters, they, they only put them like they put like the poster downstairs in front of the toilet, like underneath <laughs> like a seat, like you could barely see. It. And it's like, so you're only giving me like a, the, the minority share of the, the box office. You're not promoting it very well. Even they didn't put any post on on their Facebook page or anything about the film. And I was like, well, why, why aren't you writing something? I mean, it doesn't cost you any money to put like a post on your on your Facebook group, and they're like, "Well, we don't put posts on all our films," and it's like, "All uh. right," but like you're taking the majority of the box office, and and then when the film wasn't that popular because obviously of all these different things, they were like, they just cancelled it immediately, and like without it before it even finished its run, wow. and it's like it gives you no time for word of mouth, you know, the, you know, it's it's just awful uh, as as a distributor in, in in England. So I just like from there on, I, I stopped. I mean, obviously with One Cut of the Dead, I did um a few, but initially One Cut of the Dead, like cinemas like Prince Charles were like, we'll give you one day and we're taking seventy five percent of the box office. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but one day it's a word of mouth film. You need like a little more time to 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 bring that word of mouth. And I managed to negotiate like a week, but they they when it became popular, they wanted to like drop the raise the commissions even more. So it's like. You know, oh wow! It's it's very hard uh, as a distributor for for cinemas. And that's why companies like Arrow just don't put films in the cinemas because it's just not really worth it. Uh, you know, they they just put it straight on on video and uh, and and you know this blue this will be out on Blu-ray um a month after on May the sixteenth. But um, 
you know, I I did want to, a lot of places like these small releases. They usually put them on the same day, like the Blu-ray, and the, the same day, like broadcast single, uh, broadcast signal. What is it? Um, intrusion. Uh, the, the the genre film that is it's the same day now. Um, cinemas and Blu-ray. But I thought mm. uh, I'll try to um honor the director and 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 make people try to go see it in the cinema as much as they can uh, because it's a film that needs to be seen in the cinema. Well, yeah, so I was going to say, like, I'm definitely going to go to the cinema, even though I, I watched the Blu-ray you sent me. Um, so I'm going to find, I'm probably have to go into London to see it. I don't know if it's coming to Cambridge or... But, I'm uh, trying. Uh, hopefully, I mean, it's still not uh, 100% confirmed, uh, some of the cinemas. So there, there is, I was talking to Cambridge, but it's unfortunately, it's a picture house cinema and they're a chain and it's not that easy. But yeah, in London, it'll be playing at the ICA and the, um, the uh, Cine Lumiere, the Institut Francais. And... Um, uh, for a week each and uh it will be playing at like sheffield i mean I'm, I'm not sure how far away sheffield is from your derby is is derby close to cambridge yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, i only i'm awful with my uh not my, especially my, uh, you're close enough i could yeah no i'll probably head into london <laughs> i'm a bit devastated actually because i thought you were going to be able to make it into the to the big city um for the release but unfortunately covid and then air travel and ukraine and everything and Russia, just yeah, made yeah. It, yeah it's it's just made things so hard so i understand well at least we've got the uh, yes i wanted the, the we had initially talked to uh archer the director about him um coming to london and uh and doing some some interpersonal q and a's but yes uh there's so much uh, other chaos that have has caused it to be postponed so luckily we've uh yes we've got him in for this uh this interview which was brilliant. I thought he was such uh, a joy to talk to and really, really entertaining, but also very, obviously, clearly very intelligent and, um, you know, real like craftsman when it comes to this stuff. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed the interview. Um, uh, but, yeah, we'll be back afterwards to do a little bit more of a ramble, I guess. But, yeah, for now, do please enjoy uh, Arta Harari. Well, uh, we are delighted to welcome to the Third Window Films podcast the director of the award-winning new feature, Onoda, 10,000 Nights in the Jungle, uh, Mr. Archer Harari. Welcome, sir. Hello. Nice, <laughs> nice to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it, this is a thrill. Um, and yeah, congratulations on the film. Uh, yeah, I, I just loved it. Um, it's quite the achievement. I guess, I mean, it must have been a bit of a whirlwind for you at this point, right? You premiered uh, at Cannes as the opening film on Certain Regard. Um, you went on to win, is it, you, you, you won a Caesar, like a French Oscar, essentially, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Um, and then it even went on to being crowned by the French Association of Film Critics as the best French film of 2021, even beating yeah. out, you know, huge hitters that everyone's heard of like you know Annette and things like that mm. so I mean I guess my first question would just be how are you feeling at this stage of the film's journey after you know you've, you've been with it for so long yeah it's it's great uh, it's it's always a, st a strange feeling when you've been working for years and and this film particularly has been has been long to to write and then to and to to produce and to and to 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 make basically so uh, after all this this long this long path to 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 just have the feeling that uh the reception is is uh, is finally happening and then uh, it there's an effect of of uh, accumulation uh of 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 reception critics and and uh, and events and and in this case also some some awards 
So it's a, it's a strange relationship with, with time and with the, with the, the, the pace of, of, of our line of work because, of because you can be quite alone for a long time and quite uh, struggling. Well, not alone because, I, of course, I didn't make the film alone, but we, we really don't know with the producer and, the, and, and all the, the crew you, you you can't know when the film is going to be finished and how it's going to be received. So it's uh, it's not a very um, uh, normal way of of, <laughs> of working making a film. It's 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 very slow and then it's it 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 uh, it gets very very hectic at some point and then everything happens at the same time. <laughs> and of course, the pandemic has has been increasing this kind of feelings. So. But I'm feeling good because all, all, all the news are good with the film now. So, absolutely, good. yeah. And and now it's getting out to a wider audience. You just get to sit back and just hear all of the. Uh, yeah, the it's content. not. It's not. It's not that wide an audience because I must say that if if there's something that hasn't been that good in France, uh, it's it's the audience because we we the film was released in the the worst period ever. Right. It was the day of the installation of what they call the century pass in 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 France, and so the, the 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 very day the film was released is the day they applied this this law, and and so the the yeah there has there has been a kind of of uh, fall from uh, on that very day. On the numbers of, of 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 audience, so so it's it's uh, well we, I, I yeah it's a mixed feelings on this on this uh, on this regard. Yeah, that's that's so devastating to have something so out of your control. Yeah, completely. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, look, if we could just quickly go back to the start, just taking it back to really like where it first, because I know you've been a filmmaker for quite a while. Um, mm -hmm. um, but when did this story actually first cross your path, and what about it? felt like it was going to be right for you as your next project well i actually heard of of another story in 2013 so it's been quite a while wow i was uh about to direct my first feature film uh which has been shot in 2014 and and so i, I was prospecting looking for scouting for for a new subject a new film a new screenplay and i wanted to make an adventure film so i was reading a lot of stuff uh, mostly non-fiction. Well, I had read a lot of adventure novels in in my in my in my youth, and but I was looking more in a, in a documentary uh, material. And uh, and yes, I, I one one day it's my father who told me about about Onoda, but he it was just really really a, a casual talk, and and he said, well, if you don't find any 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 subject for your adventure film. You, you should get interested. You should be interested in the, in in this adventure, nice. and uh, he couldn't really imagine that I was going to make a film out of it because, in the position where I was, uh, w without without any connection to, to 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 Japan or whatever, it seemed a bit absurd to dream about this film. But I I, I didn't know the story, so I I went on the internet first, and then I found a book. And it really fascinated me. It 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 felt like an like a call. It was calling me. So I immediately felt it was a story for me. I think it's a story that should interest everybody. But it 
I guess, but it, but it felt that it was uh, it has a kind of echo with with my my really deep relationship with what is a story and and what is the implication of uh, wanting to tell a story and to and to yeah and and also to hear a story because um, Onoda to me is a character that is is uh, at the same time the the, the the protagonist of the story, but is also like a child who, who, who has heard a kind of uh, a tale, mm -hmm. and he wants to believe in that tale for as long as possible. So, yeah. so I felt a kind of uh, reflection. Uh, yeah, I, I must say I had a, a, a strange relationship with this character. Like he was very far away from me, but at the, at the same time. It was a very far away image of what I was, what I what I had been as a child, or a young young, yeah, a young adult fascinated by stories and, yeah. and films and 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 adventures. So yeah, it felt very natural to try connect to this story. That's yeah, that's fascinating actually, because obviously um, I, I've seen the film described as a, a biopic. And I, I think I've read somewhere that you said it, it, it isn't really. It's more of a, a fictional take of the stories we tell ourselves of, based on this man's life. Is that more or yeah. less where you approached it from? Yeah, I, I didn't really imagine it as a biopic or as an historical uh, reconstruction. Or, uh, Of course, it is also a historical film and, and it's based on, the, on, on, on Oda's life. Uh, but I immediately saw it as a fiction and as a kind of uh, reenactment of, of a series of myths uh, that everybody knows even even for example it, it's it's not possible for me to to not to think about Robinson Crusoe or <laughs> or Don Quixote or uh, Ulysses mm -hmm. and I must say that I didn't read any of these books <laughs> I didn't read Don Quixote I didn't read uh, uh, Homer and I didn't read uh, Robinson Crusoe, but everybody knows that these are some of the major bases of 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 uh, of our of our uh, yeah our culture. And I guess that in every culture, even outside of the of the of the Western world uh, or the European world, such stories exist. And and in every mythology there's one guy who stays longer than the others or who has been sent away to to fight a war and and who becomes in a way immortal or yeah. uh, invincible or whatever and yeah the fact that the story really took place and and that it was a real a, a real uh, a real life story it it only makes the myth more fascinating but it doesn't it's more than just a real story. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I didn't start the film writing this, you know, this sentence based on on true events because I didn't want, I didn't want it to be like the pretext or the uh, the reason why the film was interesting for me. The story is in itself it's so it's so impossible and at the same time it happened. So this contradiction, it was enough to just try to to tell the story so I, I i try to put as much as as i could of my own vision in the film because i knew that the basis 
the real the real events were were so strong that it could support my 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 changes or my yeah my views fantastic yeah but that, that that's why i think uh only a Westerner could have could have made this film because you, you the way you are describing this uh, obviously it is a great story but if a Japanese uh, had made this film it would be about Onoda and then it would be incredibly different obviously because I mean and what when I first saw the film it reminded me of the film Mishima which mm. uh, ha- have you have you seen the film the Paul Schrader no, I didn't. no it's actually my my favorite film of all time and it's done by by Paul Schrader but um it's dealing with this sub this uh, character in Japan who is famous or infamous i mean he's one of the biggest larger than life characters in japan mm. and if a japanese director or studio had made the film well i don't think they could have made the film in the first place because he was too big of a of a character mm. but it would have mm. been very uh nationalistic and and, mm. and mm. very different uh to the way that that obviously that obviously you've you've handled this and and i think you know not just the way you're telling the story and making him Making it more of sort of this this idea of this man in the in the jungle over just focusing on Onoda himself, um, but but also the way that, yes, that you're, you're dealing with um, this character, yes, that that a Japanese couldn't, and and also visually as well, uh, and also Mishima was was uh, was done by Paul Schrader, but but written by his brother, and in this case also your brother handled <laughs> the cinematography, and it's all these different ways uh, like uh, that that made me feel this connection to to your film and Mishima, obviously. I love Mishima so much and I love uh, this film so much. So it it was a uh, very sort of also acquiring this film for distribution was quite a personal thing because I've always wanted to release or not Mishima as well. And this was sort of my, mm. my re- revenge on that and uh, not being able to That's release great. Mishima. That's, so. <laughs> That's so sweet. I like that. <laughs> it's like a family affair. Yeah. Because um, I don't want to spoil anything, especially because the film isn't officially, you know, out in the UK mm-hmm. yet. Um, but one of the scenes that got me the most was when... Uh, Onada's family come to kind of take him out of the jungle and he's crying because he kind of knows that this is true but he's also convinced himself it isn't it's just this incredible scene um, I was just holding my breath through it and I just thought it was so well handled anyway this is not going to be an hour of us gushing about your film um, actually Archer one of the things that I'm really fascinated to find out about was the kind of funding process for this film Mm-hmm. um because i know it's it's kind of a global clo- co-production um yeah. correct me if i'm wrong you've got um uh your japanese german belgian italian cambodian i think there's probably more um well it's pretty much this uh yeah we, we, there were five producing countries but uh but but we've been we we, we the producer has searched money almost everywhere Hmm. We, we tried every, every, uh, every, yeah, every every road we were, uh, we, we we could hear about. For example, for for instance, we we tried to to interest uh, to yeah, we tried to to get in touch with Martin Scorsese because we heard that he had this production company that was uh, could could help uh, films like our. Our film, but it didn't work. We tried also with uh, a Chinese production, which seemed really <laughs> weird because the subject. But 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 the, yeah, there were there were uh, there was a couple uh, a couple of, uh, of, of 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 places where we 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 were quite close to to get some some help. Also from from 
we heard of a, of a Swiss slash Mexican uh, producer. It, it, it was crazy. We tried also with the in in France. We tried to 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 raise money from weird pla places. So I made a few a few appointments. We which I can't really tell about because it's it's almost uh, not illegal, but really strange <laughs> with guys that, yeah, maybe one day I will write a book about all that because we, we really didn't know how to, to, to raise the money because the film was a Japanese-speaking film and and obviously it's, it's very unusual to try making a film like that from France and and we, we understood that... that there's basically no uh, there's no contract of co-production. Co that there's no structure between France and Japan to co-produce films. Uh, so the few examples we had were very very small films, uh, most of which were French-speaking or partly French French-speaking films. But a film that ambitious in terms of money and and, and means. Uh, it didn't exist, so we had to really invent. It was also a very creative um, way of of, uh, of making the film from the producing point of view. So it was at the same time exciting and quite uncertain for a long time. Yeah, the film is more or less five million euros. Uh, but the interesting thing is that when we started uh, dreaming about the film with the producer. We, it, I must say that at, at this point I hadn't direct my I, uh, my first feature film, and the f the producer, the French producer Nicolas Antomé, he he hadn't really produced a feature fiction a fiction uh, feature film. He had made a few documentaries, uh, a lot a lot of short films, uh, but he really we, we we were dreaming something really above our uh, experiences. So uh, at first, when we discussed about the film, he would always say, we don't know how, how much the film will cost because you haven't written a screenplay yet. Uh, basically, it's one island with a few Japanese on it. It's maybe not so expensive. And we don't know, most of all, we don't know where we're going to shoot the film because at this point, we didn't know if we were going to make it in in the Philippines or uh, maybe we thought of uh, the possibility of making it uh, on, on French territory, but uh, overseas, like, you know, the uh, Guyana or something. Every, every, every option was open. So, and I guess that if, if at this point, the starting point, the producer had known that the film would cost five million euros. He wouldn't have gone on the sh on the ship because it was it, it's not that big money, but for us it was it was it was huge to imagine finding this money uh, fr from from the place we were. So it was a very slow uh, a very slow process to understand uh, what the film was going to cost. What what were the difficulties? How how long the screenplay was? Also because we finally understood that we needed twelve weeks of shooting, which is a lot, uh, especially for for a French uh, auteur film. So so all this it was a very it was a question of time and adaptation, 
uh, in a way well this is this is a bit theor theoretical but in a way the, the the adventure of onoda and the adventure that we lived making the film had some 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 connections because uh he obviously he didn't know that he was going to spend 30 years on this island and if if he knew that at the starting point maybe he would have uh, surrendered earlier so the the the, the whole thing is uh, living the experience step by step and 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 yeah the key, the keyword is adaptation and time Five million is is a lot for a Japanese film for sure, and and I think yeah. a lot of the, the especially a lot of people that that starred in the film like uh, Tsudakanji and uh, and uh, Kato Shinsuke uh, are, are used to being in very 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 low budget uh, Japanese yeah. films. Yeah. So um, yeah. I'm sure for them it's a big thing. But actually for for the for the pre production of the film, did you come to Japan uh, a lot, and and did you how did you research it, and how did you also um, present this project to the Japanese because as I mentioned with Mishima, Mishima actually was never released in Japan it, oh. because, and it, this is a film that had some of the biggest Japanese names and yeah. was also done by Paul Schrader and produced actually by um by uh, Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas um, mm -hmm. produced Mishima and it was never released in, in, in Japan because of the subject so, yeah. you know, you never know with, with a subject like Onoda yeah. you know what the Japanese might think about it. So, what what was the the process like? Um, casting and presenting this to, to the Japanese. Well, actually, I, I I started going to 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 Japan and to Tokyo uh, quite early because uh, my first feature film, Dark Diamond, was there was a very very small release in Japan. So I went to make some interviews uh, prior to the release, and it's the first time that I went to to Tokyo and and. And my Onoda screenplay was was written at the time. It was in two thousand and sixteen, I guess. And so I I I, I met a few actors uh, at at this at this point because the, the the main thing that we had to do in Japan was looking for for the cast. Uh, we knew that we were not going to shoot the film in Japan, uh, and and at first we 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 weren't very sure that there was going to be Japanese money in the film. Because we knew that, it, of course, like you said, the subject was very special, and uh, and we also didn't really want to have anything to sign with, like you know, the 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 family of Anoda. We, we we wanted to be free making the film that we, we we wanted. So we were also very cautious on which partners we we should have in Japan. At one point, we found uh, a, a co-producer, which is based in Paris, actually, which is in his his name is Maza Sawada, and he's yeah he's the 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 Japanese producer who makes production between France and Japan, and also not only France and Japan, he also produces uh, he 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 finds money for Chinese films sometimes and English films also. So he's a key personality in the in this this kind of co-productions, and he found a lot of money. But th this was really later on. At first, I was only going to Japan to find the cast and to meet actors, um, and I understood that uh, the actors that I met, some of which were very renowned at first. For example, I met I met this incredible actor, which is uh, who, whose name is. Uh, uh, ah, 
This is uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's main actor. Yakusho uh, Koji? Yakusho Koji. Yakusho Koji. Mm. First actors in, in Tokyo that uh, they were very interested by the film and by the subject and the project because they knew that this film and this this uh, the story of Onoda wouldn't... It, it was... They, they, they were never going to be a film or maybe later on, but it's it's it it was uh it was it had to be a foreigner uh to to, to make this film so uh and they were very open minded about the, the few the views that i had on the on the on the film and i guess that when 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 the actors that i met were getting to read the script uh they they found the, my point of view interesting i guess because one of the actors actually the 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 incredible actor who who plays the the part of uh, Taniguchi, uh, Ogata Issei, he he told me something that really struck me. He said that if a Japanese director uh, had written the script the screenplay, he would have first uh, 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 focused on the war, like the the historical period, and then. The, the the secret war the, the the secret place at Futamata and inside this place the formation of Onoda and then the story of Onoda right. but he said that what was striking in, in 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 my approach was that I my starting point was Onoda was the human being and the the fact that he was thrown into this this crazy historical uh, uh, moment and and this very particular uh, uh, conception of war and it made him live a kind of destiny which which uh, which finally got to be incredible but uh, so he said basically what he was saying is that my point of view was a kind of humanist uh, approach and that this was very interesting for for for, for the Japanese also because uh, because of their story, their history and and their relationship to the past uh, and this yeah, the, the relationship to the war, which is very complicated in Japan, uh, it was not really possible for them to have this vision. So, uh, I mean, to make a film with this vision, but for them, actors, it was the best, uh, the best way to approach uh, a story, the human point of view, the fact that it's always someone living something and someone experiencing something uh, with other people and trying to find his way through through this uh, this story. So um, yeah, my, my my relationship with the actors has been uh, very strong on this basis because uh, they they I I never felt I really it's 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 uh, it's a real really honest feeling. I never felt uh, a cultural uh, gap between me and the actors. I always felt. A very strong and open communication with them, uh, and 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 this also was the case with all the actors that I saw during the casting process, and until the end of of my relationship with the actors that I chose, because I think that the position of the of actors, the actors in Japan, uh, is very special because they 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 make. I mean, their job is to express their feelings. Their job is to try to show and use their sensibilities. Uh, whereas 
Japan has a very complicated relationship with uh, with feelings and with uh, individual freedom and individual sensibility. So they, the actors, are in a very special and unique place, which is not easy in Japan, because basically they go, in a way, they go against all social structures and social um, uh, education in, in, in Japan. And I must say that I'm really not a, a specialist of Japan or whatever. <laughs> I think that, Adam, you, 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 you must have a more precise view on this, but I felt that the actors, maybe more than in other countries and for sure more than in France, they 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 are looking for a, a freedom space in Japan to express themselves and to yeah to go all the way. So when 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 I chose the actors and and we tr we, we we started working on the on on the scenes, I felt that they were really hungry for uh, for, for for expression and and they never they never seemed blocked by anything. In, in connection with the project and the subject or my view. For example, something very, very simple, the, 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 the way they, they play with their body hmm. and the fact that for a few scenes, they, it, they, it, they, when, when they go in the, in, the, in the ocean, at first I was asking them to be completely naked uh and i i had an yeah i didn't know if they were going to say yes and the, the the casting director she said maybe it's going to be a problem because in in japan it's not the same than in europe when you have to go completely naked in front of the camera maybe there, there's going to be some discussion and it was not the case the two actors they said no problem we, we can show everything we show everything to you because we want to make the film and uh, if 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 the characters have to be naked, they're going to be naked, and uh, it was. This is only an example of uh, of the way they de dedicated themselves to go all the way. Well, I also think um, and, actually, and just just following on from that, uh, in terms of actors in Japan, I think um, working with with somebody who has a vision like yourself, but also working with a foreigner allows makes them think uh, probably in a, in a slightly different way, or the way they probably have respect towards. A director, well, maybe in Japanese films, there's so much control by um, managers, and like I said, with with the the, new, the naked scenes, I mean, it would be something that all the uh, the different like talent agencies would. It makes it very very complicated, to be honest. But um, when I saw the film, the the most surprising thing, mm. I mean, I, I I don't know if this is a, a bad thing to say or not, was that I didn't actually realize it was Candid Suda. Uh, until the film was, until I saw his name on the screen, because he was the best he's ever acted mm. in, in 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 any of his films, and I've worked with him as a producer. He's I've I've had him in cast him in my films, and I've even mm. released it. just this month. I've released two films in England that he's in, but I've never thought, to be honest, he was he was that. I don't mm. want to say he was a, a bad actor, but Japanese tend to overact, and I think uh, this was the. And going back to Mishima, but Mishima was at a time when there might have been better better actors uh, overall. But um, when I was watching this film, I thought the acting is is not Jap not Japanese, or, or but it's 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 very old fashioned, and it's it's very it's it's amazing. I, it's the best acting that I've seen of, of Japanese in, in years. So I thought the uh, the director must be uh, really fantastic in in getting the, the Japanese. So I, I was so so interested to know about uh, <laughs> how you worked with them uh, worked. Well, I 
I personally think that they are very good actors. Uh, and but the problem in Japan is uh, is most of the time is the, the the fact that they don't have time to do things. They don't have they most most of the time they don't have any relationship with the director because they don't have time and everything has to be efficient and quick and so they have to prepare themselves on their own all alone they know that they going they're going to have a few takes but it's going to be like uh, a crazy rhythm of of shooting so the the ambition of of the artistic ambition in every stage for most projects is is very low and it, it's a pity because because actors are very again they're very committed and they're very serious and they want to 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 do their best but they they are very lonely most of the time uh on these films we 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 spent a lot of time preparing a lot of time uh uh talking and and also they they from from the moment they knew they were going to be on the film and the shooting the the the, the time they had on their own also because they they obviously prepared themselves very very seriously on their own in in Japan when when I was back in Europe so uh they they also did a great job working because they had time to do it and because they really understood what I want they were very they listened very carefully to every sign from me and and uh for example Konjitsuda the film where I noticed him first was uh, Tokyo Sonata from Kyoshi Kurosawa, in which he has uh, uh, an important uh, small part, let's say. And he was very striking in this film because he's, uh, in a way, he's overacting, but the way he is overacting is very, very good it, because it's a composition and 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 uh, a very strange and weird uh, uh, piece of work. So I really noticed that and and what he told me about the shooting is incredible. He told me that Kyoshi Kurosawa never told him anything. It's like he said, "Okay, action. Just let's do it." And maybe the most that uh, he did was, <laughs> "Let's do a little less." But it's so. So I think that the autonomy that the, the Japanese actors have is also a great chance. A great chance for 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 a director like me. Because when when we arrive on set, I can see how how deeply they've prepared. Sometimes it's too much in a direction, or they have uh, uh, yeah, they made choices in in the way they wanted to to do the scene that is not really the one I wanted. But because they're very strong in the preparation, then they're very free because they don't feel weak, they don't feel fragile, and. Um, I really saw actors working with their intelligence and their sensibility, and not um, and not uh, just trying to do the same they do every time, which is the worst for an actor, like just doing the cliche that they think they have to do. Yeah, these were incredibly physical performances, and not just by the fact that they you know lost weight and had to appear like they've been living in this jungle and <laughs> on native fruit for 30 years um but also there's a scene where where two of the characters are 
having a fight with each other and start punching each other. And I was just watching in awe because it looks so real and the punches are hitting so hard. And uh, yeah, I don't know how that, how you, how you even filmed that, you know? Well, it, it's, it's, it's really the case. I must say that this scene was a, a, a bit difficult for me to watch for a time because when, when I was in the editing room, because they actually smashed without restraint. Uh, and, and I must say it's my fault because when we were on, 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 on the set, there was no nobody to, to make the stunts. There was no professional uh, on, the, on, on, on set because I thought that it was not needed. And then they made a few texts, and I, I, it was very, very good from the start, but not as real as I wanted. So I told them, I don't know how to do it, but I want it to look more real, like you're really punching yourselves. And so, and and I, I'm very guilty because I was not honest enough to tell them, okay, do it really, like do it for real. But I said I want it to look real, and because they were so committed and they wanted the film to be the best possible. And I think that the actors on, on this film, they felt that it, it should be the, the best film they ever made. They, they were really incredibly uh, into it. And so without telling me, they talked to each other and they say, they, they, they told themselves, okay, uh, we're going to do it for, for real. And it's going to be the last take, but it has to be really, really, really good. So, so they did this really long take and at the end, one of the actors was uh, completely dizzy because he, the, the, yeah, the, the, the blows were too strong. And I was shocked because I understood that it was my fault. Because I must say that in France, it's, it's not even possible to dream of, of, of actors going that far. So because I saw those guys willing to give everything and to, and to, to put the artistic... Uh, um, uh, ambition as high as possible and as uh, as good as possible. They, uh, I, I felt that I that I could that I had no boundaries in a way. And of course, it's not true. You can't you can't ask for for people to 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 suffer for a film that uh, that much. It's not so. It 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 was a kind of warning for me. Okay, those guys are maybe ready to go too far. But of course, when I saw the the rushes, then the 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 the, the, the material, the, the, this tech was of course the best one and and the most incredible one. So I put it in the film because because there's something so true happening then that uh, you it's not possible not to edit it. One thing that that I, I'd like to talk about, um, in going back to the actual uh, the the story, um, is this is a bit of a criticism that that has popped up. Uh, Unfortunately, and uh, and I, I think uh, it's it's a bit wrong to be honest. But um, the perspective of the Philippines, uh, Filipinos in the film, um, like for Sight and Sound, which is quite a a big um, magazine in in uh, in the UK, they were talking about um, you know it's telling here that the Filipinos who appear here are little more than cannon fodder, and um, I I mean I, I'd like to hear uh, what what uh, what your your thought of uh, or your your idea was um because it's a bit of a uh, well, unfair criticism i think but uh, I'd like well, to hear what you think it's it's uh, it's a point of view and i am not really surprised that it that it existed uh, actually i in in my 
at my knowledge, it's the only the only uh, press uh, criticism of this kind. So it's it's uh, I I I was prepared to to hear more of, of this kind of criti criti criticism because uh, of course the film makes this choice, this very strong and maybe disturbing choice to be all the time uh, alongside Onoda and, and not like sharing point of views uh, or, or um, my opinion is that um, it's not it, it, it's it, if, if the film is uh, precise enough and if the film really opens uh, the, the the viewer's eyes on on, on all the the moral uh, issues at stake and and all the responsible responsibility matters of this story it's 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 not uh it's not necessary to underline the fact that onoda is uh has made uh, shocking things and that the the filipinos are victims and it's it's to me it's uh, it's in the scenes the fact that onoda is uh, is a kind of uh, colonial imperialist uh, soldier uh, a racist also uh, he, he a few times in the film he he calls the the filipinos donkos which mm. is even if you don't know what it means it's it's obvious that it's not it's not a respectful word and he 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 has been formed and trained to think that he has the right to kill whatever enemy is in this island because he bas basically owns the island Hmm. Uh, as a Japanese uh, soldier and officer, um, th yeah, the the way that the scenes are written, to me, uh, should be enough to for the audience to understand the horror of of the situation and the fact that the the Filipinos are are uh, are are the victims there and uh, are the the m my personal point of view on, on the story, my political point of view on the story, is, uh, is, is uh, I would be on the Filipino side. Hmm. My, my, my political background and the way that I've been educated and my vision, my views, are, uh, are not in favor of the Japanese colonial and imperialistic uh, uh, politics. But the fact is, fiction, the role of fiction is to propose... Uh, uh, an experience which is uh, which is not necessarily a clean experience or a safe experience. Um, yeah, for example, uh, my my yeah my 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 examples when I was making the film were, for example, uh, Ag uh, Aguirre from from Werner Herzog or or uh, this incredible German um, film. Which is called Das Boot, mm. uh, or or uh, yeah, you, you were talking about Mishima. I didn't see the film, but the 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 choice to tell a story from the bad point of view, from the point of view of those who are wrong, um, or you you can also you can also take uh, Shakespeare, uh, for example, Richard the Third. Is uh, is is it is it guilty to be in the point of view of Richard? No, because I guess that it's the it's the role of art and it's a role of fiction to uh, be able to to displace. I don't know if the word is correct to 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 change the place where you see things, to change the point of view. 
and it doesn't mean that you have to share mm. the moral grounds of of those those characters. Uh, in in the case of Onoda, the fact is that is is it's a very complicated, a very complex character because of of course he's been trained in an ideological way, and he's been a, you you could say he's been brainwashed. It's not that simple, I guess, but he's been yeah, it's been formed like every one of us has been formed by his uh, his culture, his uh, his place of birth, his family, his teachers, and uh, but he also has a certain amount of uh, of free will and of uh, uh, subjective uh, uh, decisions that make him do what he does, hmm. and so the I I think that it's more respectful to the audience or to the viewer to give them the latitude to judge the acts or to reflect on the acts than to once more to 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 underline or to yeah to place very explicit statements in the film which would be my point of view as a, as someone from 2021 saying it's bad what he does is bad mm. and the good guys are the filipinos the victims it's it has to it has to come from the inside of the story and from the inside of the experience and it's maybe w- what seemed a bit shocking for this sight and sound journalist is the fact that the film in its whole uh stays all the way with 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 another and at the end yeah, there's a possibility to be moved by this guy, to to have a kind of connection and a kind of inner empathy for this guy who is on the other side also a killer and mm. is an assassin because as a soldier he's been given the right to kill. And yes, it's a troubling experience and maybe it's a disturbing experience. But I think it's not because the the Filipino point of view is not given I think it's because the experience is complex and because the humanity is complex. So that's the way that I would answer this kind of criticism. I think that's very fair. (laughs) Thank you. Um, One of the things that I was really curious about, um, just taking it (laughs) another way, was the fact that you were shooting on location, right? You said that there was a 12-week shoot um, I'm not sure if you've seen a film by James Gray. It's The Lost City of Z. Yeah, of course I've seen it, yeah. Wonderful, amazing film. Yeah. Um, he accomplished a lot with that, but I, I heard an interview with him where he, he they were like, what was it like filming in the jungle on the river? And he was like, fucking awful, and I would never do it again. It was so mm-hmm. challenging. And I just wondered what your experience was like and and if this is the sort of thing that you are going to have PTSD from yourself or if it's maybe something you would like to do again down the line, you know? No, I must be very honest. It was a, a, a completely uh, wonderful and, and happy experience on my on my on my side. Great. As one one thing that I must precise is that I didn't shoot contrarily to 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 James Gray and I guess to Werner Herzog, for example. Hmm. I didn't shoot in um, in an equatorial jungle. It was a tropical uh, climate, and it and it changes everything. Right. Because we were not actually uh, in the worst conditions ever, deep in the jungle with this kind of 
incredible heat and 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 uh, and all the and all the you know the animals and the and the insects and the bugs and the the snakes and of course there were insects and there were a few snakes but it's uh, it was a very uh, it was a very fair weather for us hmm. uh, we also we didn't have enough money to to go losing ourselves in the deepest jungle possible because to do that either you have no money at all and you can spend one year in the jungle because nobody has anything to lose either you have a very very big amount of money which was the case with James Gray and it allows you to yeah to lose yourself to 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 go back to 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 walk for like 3 or 4 hours and to shoot 2 hours in the day we couldn't do that right we had to shoot eight hours a day. We had to uh, get everything in the box uh, day after day because, yeah, 12 weeks is a long time, but it was really just not possible to to miss the thing. So uh, we shot in Cambodia. In Cambodia, it's a very, very, very... Uh, it's, of course, the, there is deep jungle in Cambodia, but we chose a location where we knew that we were not so far away from the road and uh, one of the things with, uh, with the jungle is that you can stop your car in a place and then you go walking and five minutes after, you, you just don't hear anything. You don't hear the road. You don't see anything else but the nature. And you feel you're completely deep in the jungle. So that the film, like basically most of the films, is a reconstruction. Right. We didn't shoot on an island. We didn't shoot in the deepest and craziest uh, places, uh, which was all right with me because my approach was not a, an like a hellish approach hmm. of of this experience. Because I think that one of the reasons why Onoda could could stay so long on the on, on the island is that it was a good place to live. Hmm. It was difficult, of course. He didn't sleep on a mattress every night. He was uh, he was either too hot or too cold, and it was it was hard to find food. But it was not that hard, not that impossible. Yeah, because the yeah the place was rather welcoming, hmm. in a way. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so, yeah, that makes sense. There was a kind of equilibrium, and we so I felt free not to show, and I didn't want to show. The experience as a like crazy hellish experience. I wanted to, I, I wanted to depict a, a, an experience which was at the same time real and a bit dreamlike, and uh, and for that it, it 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 had to be in a way pleasant for him to be there because he wanted. My opinion is that, or maybe what I chose to to tell as a story, and this is a fiction, is that. He was better off there than in Japan. He wanted to be there more than he wanted to be in Japan. So yeah. for that, being in this in this this jungle, which is not so terrible, and and this was not really the topic of the film. The topic of the film is a guy creating a world, mm. recreating a world, and uh, yeah. So no, I, I I would really love to make another film like that in these kind of conditions. <laughs> It's Amazing. it's more my my question my my intimate question now is more how am I going to do a film 
in France, in Paris, in the streets, in the... How am I going to get my kicks out of that now? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you need the next thrill. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I, I mean, I wonder... Sorry, Adam, I was just going to say, I wonder what, what is next, because I, I'm sure it's not a question you can answer right now, but I'm sure this is going to open up quite a few doors to you now. And so you probably yeah, have yeah, well... Like everything, it's uh, it's uh, it's at the end. It's always what I what what I need to do, what I want to do. It because I have I've I have had some propositions from the from uh, yeah from from the outside, but it's well nothing amazing. I mean, I haven't right. been contacted by uh, by uh, by Warner Bros or whatever or by Disney. Everything <laughs> is fine on the on this on this side. But yeah, I've, I, uh, but I, I need to find my inner necessity to, to tell a story. And I think I found it now. And it's, it's, uh, it's really very far away from Onanda. It's, uh, it's going to be a contemporary story in France um, with people more my age. Mm -hmm. and, but what I can say is that, that there's going to be uh, a certain amount of Yes, something impossible inside the story, which is the connection with another. Some, some, something that shouldn't happen happens, and uh, and also for the first time, I I think no, there's going to be a, a woman at the center of the story, uh, like very, it, it, she's going to take all the place in a way. So this is very new for me. It's a new adventure. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Actually, if you don't mind, uh, I just there's one one question I do want to talk about is uh, you because we mentioned it many times is uh, Herzog, and mm -hmm. uh, you know this film has been compared so much to uh, a Herzog type film, uh, you know, and and you mentioned yourself uh, going into the jungle. If it, I'm sure, if it had been a Herzog film, uh, it would have really uh, cost a lot of money and been there for for <laughs> for so long, which is probably why he is not able to make the film. But but he has written a book about um. Yeah. about it and i just want to know if, if if you had met him at any time or, or spoken to him about uh onoda or, or or yes heard anything about him wanting to make a film about yeah it. actually i have a very good story about that because uh a few years ago before i made the film like four years ago i think i was in Cannes, uh and and werner herzog was uh awarded with uh with a prize given by the director's fortnight which is called the carros d'or and uh, I was I was asked to 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 be part of uh, a few a, gr a group of uh, young French filmmakers talking with him with a, like a kind of Q and A, and then at the end of this Q and A we we met for a few minutes and and uh, a, f a friend of mine said yeah Arthur is going to make an Herzogian film about Onoda and and Herzog was uh, was very intrigued he said yes I wanted to make a film about Onoda I met Onoda. Before he died in wow. Japan, and I, I, I was uh, looking. For, I, I looked for money, and I didn't find any money because the film had to be in Japanese. And I, I guess he was looking for money in in the in the states. And everybody said, "Well, there's no way when that we're going to produce a film in Japanese." And so he dropped it, and uh, he told me, "Are you going to make the film?" I said, "Yes, I, I'm I'm doing the casting right now, and we are raising money, and I think we're going to make the film." He said, "Is it going to be in Japanese?" I said, "Yes, of course." <laughs> he said, "Oh, that's good. So do your film. I will never get, I will never be in your way, and maybe one day I will make mine." Ah, yes, yeah. <laughs> this is a really, this is a true story. And then, 
last year when when the film was uh, was was shown in Cannes and then it was also screened in in Germany i i tried to we tried to get in touch with uh, Werner Herzog we he was in Germany at that time and to show him the film but we 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 never could show him, show it to him but i've heard uh, then that he was going to publish a book which is now uh, has been published and is going to i think it's going to come out in in france like in a few weeks i didn't read the book but uh, i've heard that it's very good and it's uh, uh, it's going to be fascinating to know what what is his point of view on the story of course uh, and also i've heard but i'm not sure that it's true that he saw the film i don't know where he could have seen the film because he wasn't in cannes and I think he didn't see it in Germany. So, but I've heard that he's, he saw the film that he, and that he liked it. But I'm not sure because everything with Werner Herzog has to be taken very cautiously. You never know if he's, if, if 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 a story with him is true or not. So, until I have him in front of me saying yes, I loved your film, I, I'll be I'll be very very cautious. That's incredible, though. I wonder if he's going to use your film as a kind of way to fund his own film now and see look this is what we can this, do this, this could be great if it i i'd love to see a film of herzog on another of course so i i i i hope i dream that he's going to make this film i wonder as well because herzog eventually made his film in japanese didn't he he did a family romance yes. LLC. Yeah, one of his last films is family family romance and i didn't see it but i've heard a, a great deal about it and yeah he, i think he's fascinated with japan he knows japan very very well yeah i really enjoyed the film it's yeah it's great amazing <laughs> I, um we're jumping all over the place here but i know we were talking about actors before one of the things that works really well in the film because it, it spans four decades essentially from the the 40s to the 70s and on um is the fact that you have the actors change halfway through. Um, and I guess, I, I don't know if you, do you speak Japanese at all? No. You don't. So it would, all of this would have been done through um, interpreters and translators and things like that. Yeah. Um, I wondered if the, the actors worked together on this to get the transition right, or if they did, if they had separate takes on what the character would be. Um, because it works seamlessly. I mean, there is a scene where the actors swap from, um, they're both called Yuya, aren't they? Uh, Endo and Matsuria. Um, they're sitting on the beach watching the sunset. And then the next time you see them, it's uh, Kanji Suda and yeah. Tetsuya Shiba in the rain. And um, it's just a brilliant moment. Like I just started smiling because I saw the change, but I was like, it's so subtle and brilliant. Yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. intrigued to see how that works. Well, uh no, the, the the actors didn't. They didn't really work together. I mean, the the the, the young ones and the old ones. Mm. But they they met like a few times. But I think mostly to just hear their voices and see their faces. And and one thing that I did also is that uh, we we started the shooting, of course, with the young ones. Mm -hmm. And and uh, before the the older ones came uh, to to Cambodia. I, I, I send them uh, a few takes uh, sh shot with the, with the young actors just to propose them to see if they wanted to see uh, the way they acted, they, they embodied the, the characters. And I think they watched it, but uh, I felt also that they wanted to be quite free in their interpretation. 
but uh, in in this in th- this is why also I said that they they are all very good actors. Mm. Is that I think they took uh, they used what they saw of the real uh, personality of the guys and also the text that I I send them, and they just took what they wanted and then they they made it part of their interpretation later on, but not uh, not in. Uh, in in a kind of uh, uh, imitation Im- imitative way, but uh, yeah, a, a certain kind of sensibility that that they uh, tried to 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 make sensible. Um, and yes, to to, to uh, about the the yeah the moment where we pass we we we, we with the young and then boom, the older ones. It was not the way it was supposed to be edited. Oh right. Yeah, I had a, a, a very formal, a very aesthetic way of going from one actor to to the other with a very slow fade on the faces. Mm-hmm. And when I tried this on the editing room, it didn't work at all. It was very, very heavy and very. It was all the. It was really contrary uh, as what the film is now. It's I was showing the 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 artifice. And I was, I was really, because I was not secure, I was insecure with this. Right. I was afraid that the film couldn't stand the change of the actors. And, and I understood when, when I was editing that I should, I should just let go. I should just trust the actors, the characters, and also the, the, the faith that the viewer has in the story to just go on with the other guys. And uh, and I think at this point of the film, if you're really into it, you you watch this and you admit, like, okay, it's uh, they they don't have the same faces, but it's normal because twenty years just passed, and yeah, you you, you when you live these kind of things, you 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 change. So, I, I yeah, I mean, hearing you talk like that, I mean, it worked so well for me, and so I hope <laughs> that's, that's some sort of yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some sort of piece for you because um, I just loved it. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess like we, we've taken up a lot of your time, so I don't want to take too no, much that's, more. That's a pleasure. It's okay. But um, obviously, you know that uh, Adam uh, produces and distributes Japanese cinema here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that me and me and him are are doing this podcast is I just, as a fan, was reaching out to him, and mm-hmm. you know, we just got talking and started a podcast together. Um, I just wondered, are you a fan of Japanese cinema in general? I know you mentioned that you've seen Tokyo Sonata at least. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of uh, of let's say uh, classical Japanese cinema, but I'm not I'm not a I'm not a very big uh, um, I don't know that much mm-hmm. Japanese cinema. I know yeah, I know Akira Kurosawa's films and Mizuguchi and a few films by Ozu and Naruse and but not that much i know a few films from the 70s uh, for instance uh, wakamatsu and but uh, and and then nowadays the modern directors i know a few but i'm not like a a a, a, a very big connoisseur of, of of japanese cinema what i feel is that something for 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 a quite a long period of time something has been lost because Japanese cinema was 
more than amazing. It, at one point, it was the, the most impressive cinema in the world, one of the most impressive cinema in the world. And uh, in terms of form, in terms of, of, of depth, in terms of expression, uh, yeah, the ambition was amazing. Mm. And the means were amazing also. The, the money that, that, that production companies could, could put in a film in a good way to, to achieve something. And then for, for a few decades, uh, filmmakers have been struggling very lonely, uh, trying to do good work. And of course, there are very good directors, but I feel that they are yeah, working against the current, against... Because I, I guess that's uh, what happened with the, the power of TV and also the power of... Um, of uh, of the segmentation of every style in Japan, and uh, uh, it's really it's really felt as uh, as an entertainment. So, for filmmakers like uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa or uh, or uh, Nobuhiro Suwa or uh, now Hamaguchi, mm. it's uh, it's a struggle to to put cinema in a higher place. And they work under incredibly difficult conditions. So, so, so little money and so little time. And, and uh, they have to count on the, on the international recognition to, yeah, to exist. But maybe now something is going to change. I don't know. Because, uh, for example, Hamaguchi has has had so much international recognition. Mm. Uh, and I know I also met in Paris a few weeks ago, Koji Fukada, uh, which, uh, which I, I saw a few films. And it was very good to meet him because I, I, uh, I understood that he was very, very committed in, in a kind of uh, uh, political struggle to, to try create in Japan the equivalent of the French system of, uh, of um, uh, film production, the CNC, uh, a kind of, uh, yeah, a structure, a public structure that would help uh, Japanese filmmakers make their films because they, they are very, very lonely. And um, I hope it's going, to, it's going to succeed because what's obvious is that there are very lively forces in Japan uh, very ambitious uh, persons who who are among the the, the yeah the, the most interesting filmmakers nowadays. So uh, I I hope I hope it's going to it's going to change. <laughs> I think I think uh, I mean with Hamaguchi and uh, and Fukada, I mean they work actually with a lot of French money as well. And I think yeah, yeah. maybe even uh, you know film like films of their success and also maybe with something like Onoda as well as you mentioned I mean with the, the actors I mean I uh, was probably a little uh, too strong when talking about um, Sudokanji but the way you you um, pointed out it, it does have to do with, with time and it has to do with, with yeah, obviously money sure. and uh, you know, sure. they, when I work with, with uh, films here you know like you'll have an actor learning his lines on our set because in three hours time he'll have to go and do another movie you know yeah. and it's just it's insane uh, how many films that they do a year uh, as actors and directors yeah. and you know i think it's it's the time and obviously the, the money that allows them to really let out their their ability uh and yeah. hopefully yeah, films sure. like these will help 
yeah it's a, it's a, it's a question of of will uh, we have to i mean filmmakers are there but they have to be helped of course by producers and also by structures that allow them and and permit them to uh to to yeah to slow down the pace and to try uh, achieving something which is not only productive but also uh uh has a certain kind of vision and quality. It's it's the same everywhere. You have to have time. Mm. I know it's one of the things you talk about a lot, isn't it, Adam? That I tend to seek out the classics from the last fifty years, right, and watch them. And I'm like, oh, I just saw this one; it's amazing. And Adam says he has to watch four hundred low budget dramas all year to try and find that one piece of gold yeah. that he can release. Yeah. You know, and he's so jealous of me in my little <laughs> film watching journey. Well, yeah, look, thank you so much for your time, Arturo. No, you're welcome. It's, uh, it was a pleasure. It's No, thank the pleasure's all ours. And congratulations again on the film. It's, thank you very much. It's a huge achievement. And, um, yeah, so it's going to get a cinematic release here in the UK uh, yeah. from April 15th. Um, and I believe, Adam, you've got a Blu-ray coming soon thereafter, right? Um, uh, a month after, uh, in May, in the middle of May. Um, you know, I hope to, uh, you know, do the old-fashioned way and leave more time in between, but... Uh, Unfortunately, it's, it's 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 not as easy. But I tried to put as much time as as I could. But yeah, no problem. It's th- thank you very much, and I, I I I'm very very happy that the film is going to be released in UK. I I I won't be able to come from for the release, but I hope we'll have the occasion to make something later on, uh, wherever and whenever. But thank you very much for for your interest. Thank right. you. Thank, thank, thank you. you for making such a great film. Thanks. So that was Artur Harari, director of Onoda, 10,000 Nights in the Jungle. What a cool interview, man. Thank you so much for hooking that up, Adam. Uh, he's, I, I mean, I, I heard him, I did an interview with him before uh, as, uh, for the BBC, which is an article that hopefully is out soon by uh, from James Balmont, who always uh, writes so many great articles on in the UK. For, yeah, for, he's for, awesome. Uh, I really, really like his stuff. And that I was just like, I mean, obviously he was doing the interview and I was just, um, just, you know, on the Zoom call and I was like, oh, he's such, this Archer is such a fantastic speaker and, um, you know, he speaks with, with so much intelligence and passion and, uh, I mean, obviously the film is great, but sometimes you have these amazing films and, like, the directors can be, I don't know, quite, uh, in, you know, introverted or, 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 or hard to, to, to or, or bad speakers, you know, mm, and, um, yeah. Maybe Archer because he's an actor as well. Actually, he's acts. He's in some of his his other films, like uh, Dark Diamond, which um, yeah, which, which I haven't been able to see because again, it's just got awful distribution. It's just so hard to get here in the UK. Well, I was so surprised then when when he said that uh, actually he's he'd been to Japan for the premiere of that film because uh, it's it's rare that a film is released in Japan, but not in in like somewhere like the UK. Uh, yeah, um, but. It, it's. Uh, I guess it just won't won't uh, get out there. Um, I don't know why, but it's it's a great film if anybody can see it. Uh, in America, it's available on, on Paramount Plus. Um, you can get a free trial and watch it on um, on Amazon or something like that uh, through the free trial. But um, yeah, it's it's a pity. It's it's a great film. But yeah, it's interesting that he's an actor as well because he, he's he's obviously quite good looking and he's very charismatic <laughs> and. So, yeah, because I think a lot of directors, you kind of, like you say, they're behind the camera, so they don't really care about appearances and, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've really 
some 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 directors that I've just loved their films and I meet them and they just bore the hell out of me. But then other <laughs> times, like you can have like there's some directors uh, that I hate the films and I think they're really boring and like the people are just amazing, like just the funniest people I've like I don't want to say but Yuki Sada um Yuki mm. Sada Isao like I can't stand his films at all um I find them really pretentious and and uh and <laughs> and uh boring but um he is the funniest guy that I I I, I could listen to him to him speak like for like just a month just like day and night non-stop he's just the funniest most witty like charming person that you could ever meet in the world but his films i couldn't i couldn't you'd have to hold put a gun to my head to, to, to make me finish them <laughs> so yeah you know in this case you've got a great director who's also a, a fantastic speaker yeah awesome and like it's just it's made me love the film even more like all of this stuff does you know when i see the commentary or you you know the, the way the stories he told i loved what he said about how um he doesn't want to tell a lie. Like this was a beautiful experience for him and he loved it. I kind of like that, you know, cause he could have, he could have pulled out the little tiny violin and been like, Oh, filming in the jungle, blah, blah, blah. But it was, like, no, it was really nice. <laughs> He'd love to do it again. And, I wanted uh, to, him to record the, a commentary because I love, love the way that he speaks, but I didn't want to have to ask him to record a three hour long commentary. I thought it would be a bit uh, too tough. Uh, so I didn't ask him, but um, it would have been great. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you should have asked at least. He could only say no. It's it's a bit push, pushing it. Uh, it's, mm. a, it's, it's a long it's a long film to to speak over. Sure. Well, you know, I know I'm always biased. Every film we talk about on this show, I'm basically like, oh, I loved it, but um, I I thought the film was incredible, and I'm definitely going to watch it on the big screen. Like I said, I'll find out which cinema near me is is, is showing it. Um, if if when we release this episode, do you have a kind of list or a finalized list we can we can share so people can can see where they can go see it? That'd well, it's really actually helpful. on the on the on the th- the web the website, the Third Window Films uh, website in the On Order page, which is the first page. There's a list um of all the screenings so far, and it will be com- updated. So um yeah, anybody Fantastic. can just go there. Yeah, um, so really try and try and seek it out if you can if you're here in the UK, because obviously not only does it deserve to be seen on the big screen but obviously it really helps adam and it really helps Arthur and it really helps the industry really um but then yeah of course then then the official blu-ray release is uh the month later in may 16th i think you said yep great which has another interview with Arthur and his uh producer and co-writer i believe and uh and an interview with kanji sudo as well who, uh... Which which I which I, I filmed and uh, unfortunately I, I bought a new camera because I was using the shittest cheap like, camcorder for all my previous interviews because uh, I'm a bit of a cheap cheapsake as as you know um, but um, <laughs> I, I bought not a very super amazing camera but I bought like a like a Canon X7 it's quite an old one uh, and I bought second hand um, but I, I thought. I bought it for that and uh and I shot it and then it turned out like a bit strange and I realized that um like I found out way after that the uh the lighting in Japan is at a certain like hertz that that needed to adjust the shutter speed of the camera to stop a strobing uh, effect uh, it's a very technical error that I I I learned afterwards so I apologize <laughs> for wow. the quality I'm always apologizing uh for the quality of this <laughs> or that and and I apologize this time but uh, yes uh uh, I apologize. <laughs> you are but one man, Adam. That's the thing. You can't do everything. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, no, again, Sen, thank you for setting that up. That 
that was just so cool. And again, because we deal predominantly, well, exclusively, basically, with Japanese cinema, the chance to get a, a director um, to come on and talk to us is hard because of the language barrier and and the time difference and stuff. So this was a great opportunity and really, yeah, I loved it. Um, we've also got another exciting thing for the podcast in the fact that we're not just doing one this month. We're actually doing two episodes, aren't we? Because you're doing two releases. Uh, also because the time difference, uh, because of summertime or whatever, uh, now it's it's only eight hours. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little less tired than I can get this done now. So we can you do You do it. have a spring in your step, actually. It's nice. Don't You normally are a bit more droopy-eyed. I am, but uh, I was a bit nervous because the the baby was uh, not not gone to sleep yet, and I thought <laughs> you're going to hear some cr- crying uh, into the <laughs> microphone. But uh, I think time wise, he fell asleep just about uh, as we started. Beautiful, but yeah. So then the next film we're going to be talking about on the next episode in a couple of weeks is Zoki, which um, I still haven't seen yet. It, it's on my shelf, so it's going to be my next watch. Um, so. I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about it, but I know it's another kind of anthology by three directors in kind of the similar vein of Funky Forest, right? Exactly. It's uh, yes. Uh, the, I put it the month after Funky Forest for a reason because uh, it's not so well of a known of a film. Actually, it's it's very unknown. It didn't play many film festivals at all, and it wasn't. It was a bit of a hit in Japan, um, but um, yeah, it's uh, like Funky Forest. It's three directors who um, are adapting a uh, very strange manga uh funky forest wasn't uh, a manga but uh, yes it's got it has that sensibilities and uh yeah i think for people that like funky forest it's not as surreal or strange as funky forest but then what is uh mm. i think it's a little more accessible um but also still has that strange uh japanese quirkness to it uh with a great cast uh kunamunda jun and matsuru yuhei so it's uh yeah i i hope people take a chance on it because it's a uh, it's a film that they'll need to take a chance on because it's not that well known. Yeah, fantastic. Well, yeah, that's the idea, right? If you like Funky Forest, definitely give this a spin. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so we'll be we'll be chatting all about that in, in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, is there anything else you want to bring up on this episode? No, next, I uh, hope everybody uh, enjoys enjoys the interview as much as we did. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, if, you, if you're not following Adam yet on Twitter, he's at Third Window. Um, he's also on Facebook and uh, Instagram, is it, as Third Window Films? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm losing myself. We've been recording for two hours now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'm on I'm on uh, Letterboxd and Twitter is at BenjiBox, spelt with a Y. But yeah, thank you for listening in and uh, we'll catch you next time on the Third Window Films podcast. Two flights up by the third Window from the right Two flights up By the third Window from the right The third window from the right Two flights up That's the one with the shape pulled down That's the one where